Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Talk about beginning. That's us. We're beginning. We're beginning. Hey, guys. Welcome. Please let us out of quarantine soon. We've lost our minds. Hi, guys. Welcome to Top Chef, the after show, episode 8, season 17, all-stars, 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 all-stars. Hey, Nick, you're a rock star. You guys, we're the Gordons. Thank you, I am. Yeah, you are. Thank you. This is Dave. He has moved from a man pony, Ammonia as we were calling it, straight to his full actual destiny, which is Steve from Stranger Things hair. And I'm here for it. Thank you. It's a few months in the making, and it's really, I think, working out for me. I love it. What would you say? Yeah. Awesome. And this is Anne. And what is it? Tomorrow, I believe? Tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, as of tomorrow, I will have tricked her into staying married to me for a full five years. The trickery was all mine. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. true though. It's our anniversary tomorrow. Ooh, I got so much red lipstick oh, on you. Boy. You're gonna have to work on that, guys. This is episode eight of Top Chef. This is this is the main event, people. This is the blood, the sweat, the tears that most chefs spend years shedding to open their dream restaurant is condensed in this episode into three admittedly sweaty days where our top eight chef testants who are all striving towards the badge of honor that is surviving restaurant wars and better yet thriving in restaurant wars. This is restaurant wars week, people. Thanks to some shrewd calculating moves on the winner's part and some martyr-like brave-like braveheart moves on the losing side, we get our Haitian flavored victory. But did a good chef, chef fall on his paring knife in the name of honor? And how bloody did this chicken filled battle really get? To quote the great philosopher Rihanna, this is what you came for. Join us. This is Top Chef, the after show. Ta-da! If we had like an audio engineer, that's where I'd be like, ta-da! And it, deservingly so, that was, uh, I think that was a, our best intro to date. Thank you. And by our, I mean, mostly, mostly yours. But I felt your support. Sure. Okay. I was supporting you. Fully. Today's wine is a La Vie Ferme, blah, blah, blah. It's like a, on the medium shelf of the rosés, but we once heard from someone, you should not be paying more than $15 for a bottle of rosé, right? Yeah, in France, it costs $4. Basically that was as of 20 years ago, but I don't oh. think things have really changed. But where did we learn the $15 thing? Um, a nice wine monger. Ooh. Oh, it's good because it's not too sweet. That's what we're here for, for the not too sweet. Guys, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please give this video five thumbs up. What? You can't yeah. do that. I each mean, you do, could. You each have five thumbs, right? If you have if. five devices in your home, just put them all on, stream us all live, and then give us a thumb up or five. That's where we're at. I'd like five stars. Yeah. But keep keep volume up on only one of them. Oh, yeah. We don't Otherwise, it'll make deal you feel with crazy. That. It's just We all live yeah. Zoom life now. We get it. Guys, let's talk about um, the taste of the episode. So this episode, obviously, the structure is different. There is not a quick fire. So we're going to do taste of the episode episode and then we've got some special guests for you tonight special guests and they're all right we're making it spicy for the episode it is spicy <laughs> what dish does this episode remind us of and why admittedly i don't think i've actually 
You had like more of a like a broader. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I've actually settled on a dish for like six or seven episodes in a row. I might have only settled on a dish one time. All the same, I. I well, yeah. Yeah. So this, whoa, this time is no different, but I, it's like a Sunday dinner. Yes. This is what I always wanted in yes. my house. We never got it because we weren't cooks. Or Italian. Yet. Or Italian. My mom had Sunday. I'm Italian Sunday now because I married into an Italian family, but we were, I did I'm not come Italian. from the home of cooks, but yeah. Sunday dinner. Yes. Where you make the gravy, which okay. is actually just tomato sauce. Okay. But the whole I family gathers that. around the table and they just eat, you know, a home style, family style meal. Is, were your Sunday dinners particularly competitive? Was it I a bloodbath? I did. Well, sure. I the took, lipstick is still there. Oh, that's a problem. I'm sorry. Anyway. If anyone thought that they were in for RuPaul's Drag Race after show, we can talk. And to they that. got here by accident. Well, at least now you have a reason to stay. Anywho, to me, the dish that this reminded me of was one of those astronaut ice cream deals in the bag Neapolitans, because you took something like ice cream, but then you shoved it into this little bag, which seemed easier and easy, like easier to consume. But actually, like, is it that good? I mean, yes, it's kind of good, but is it as good as the original? No, that's how I feel. Because I liked the episode. I always like restaurant. Who doesn't like restaurant wars? Even like bad ones you like because it's it good. It wasn't particularly juicy. There wasn't as much yelling as I wanted. No. But, you know, it was good. And it was, I guess maybe, you know what it was? Here's why I have a little bit of the chemically aftertaste in my mouth. Because it was so clear who was winning the whole time. And like, you know, we... We talked to one of our guests who will be coming next week, uh, our friend Katie Deutsch, the reality TV producer. And she was like, sometimes you just have to walk away from trying to create mystery when it's so obvious you don't have the footage to support it. Yeah. And it was it was interesting because they Kevin's team, mm -hmm. spoiler alert, mm. my boy Kevin got sent home, which is not good. Quite devastating. And we we dressed in his honor. This is an homage to him and his his restaurant, which lasted one day. His restaurant is called uh the country captain. So I'm the captain now. And he's a little bit country. But so he's, that's where we're at. Polo ties for everyone. Yeah. Captain's Captain's vest. He stayed cool, cool and calm under pressure. He's a good dude. The whole time he knew he was probably knew he was going down. You but think he, didn't he knew have, in the middle of service? Uh he must have known. But he stayed cool, caught he had no breakdowns. He no. it is what it is. He's seen worse things than this, and he literally Correct. said that. And he didn't he didn't die on his sword. If anything, uh, terrible. He said, you know what? This is how you feel. I'm not gonna throw anyone else under that's the bus. That's what dying on the sword means. But he didn't. He didn't stand there and defend him. Oh, 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 okay. Yes, he yes, said yes, you yes. might have. This, he did this more is, of a Harry Carey move. Yeah, <laughs> this is you. You didn't like it, and I'm I'm responsible for the team. That's not dying on your sword. That's well, a very but I wrote it in our intro. I'm sorry. I loved it. <laughs> I said it died in his paring knife, so that's a littler sword. Yeah, it's a more for fine knife work. Exactly. Maybe a tiny, tiny prick. Guys, it's not surprising the name of the episode is Restaurant Wars. Let's just get into it. Right to the main. Skip the apps. You know what I. I, I would say I don't want to skip his appetizer course. Uh, it looked pretty good, but also it was not. Canapes. It was not refined. Uh, Tom was not having that. Okay, we're gonna, I mean, this. We're gonna get into this. Neither restaurant was really refined dining. We need to talk a little bit of strategy before we bring up. Yeah. Yeah. The only That's thing I would say before we move on, I'm stuck on the point is they actually tried to create a canopy, which is out of place at that restaurant in the first place. I would right. say. Sure. But he said Grandma did canopies. I would love to I know. I think it's it more is. like he died on his family portrait. Yeah. He was too, it was too it was personal. Too, yeah, Gregory's was, was personal, true. but like shrewd AF. Yeah, was we'll, too get, personal. we'll get into how brilliant Gregory is. 
I mean, we were jaw gaped at what, how, how brilliant his entire strategy was on mm -hmm. many levels. Well, let's talk about that. So, so we start the show with a little house moment of just like Gregory laying the groundwork of he hated his restaurant wars, even though he did not get kicked off for restaurant wars, but in his season. Didn't win, but Boston. Didn't, didn't, didn't get kicked off. He was peeped. So we go into the kitchen and it's picking the teams and Kevin got to pick first. Am I right about that? No, I'm forgetting. No, Gregory oh, picked yeah. first, yeah. You guys, what the hell? Gregory picked first. Gregory, everyone just stared at Melissa. And even Melissa, you could tell in her body language, who knows if that shot was from exactly yeah. that moment, but she literally like started getting her stuff Started together grabbing to her walk. stuff. She's like, I'm going to go. I mean, and, and they picked so well together. Freaking Brian Malarkey, which seemed crazy. Seemed crazy. And even I'm curious Brian to Malarkey. know how many, how many viewers do we have right now? What? Why are we doing that? Just out of curiosity, because I have a five? question for all five of you. Okay, guys. Which Gregory is... opened with a salad. Gregory opened with a salad. Yeah. Oh, you thought, yeah, that's true. You're saying that that's, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. One of our many viewers has said that Gregory opened with a salad. So that is, what is your, you're saying that that's also weird, like an opener? I'm not sure. But I like that you're interacting. So please keep and talking to us. We love food metaphors and such. Mm -hmm. Point being, I'm, I'm curious to know how people responded to that pick. Because I think we were well, pretty, we were shocked. It. We were shocked initially, but I think we came around pretty quickly to see what Gregory's strategy actually was. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Malarkey was the most Which shocked. Turned out mm -hmm. it was brilliant. Malarkey and Melissa were tied for most shocked. They were like, "Well, what the hell?" He picked Malarkey. Look, the other way of looking at picking Malarkey, besides he's being shrewd about Malarkey owns twenty-two restaurants, which still me every day, is that Malarkey knows how to run front of house, and you pick strategically who's doing what on purpose. You don't just pick four people and be like, so what do you guys want to do? Like, you know. And this is like the first time that I can recall mm -hmm. where the person who was in charge of picking the teams in, in instances where it wasn't randomly assigned, didn't go for the best chefs. Cause they had- Right, which leads to the strategy. next picks because it's like, you think, okay, well that was weird. He picked Malarkey cause he needed to get him, but then he'll pick Melissa next. Well, you know, you left Melissa, Kevin picks Melissa, obviously. No, he picked Baltagio. He picked Baltagio. So Melissa, Melissa is still... feeling like garbage at this point. We literally watched this not that long ago. I don't know how yeah. I don't remember anything. Um, also, he could have just picked Melissa. Malarkey would be available. He's available. But I think that plays into the larger strategy. Exactly. So as, as this unfolds further, right. we start to see just how brilliant it is. Go ahead. His next pick is Leanne. What? Because he didn't want to break up Leanne and Malarkey? Because he didn't want to break up Leanne and Malarkey there. So, they're riding such a high. So at this point, Kevin's like, you're crazy. And now I shall pick Melissa. And now he has Melissa. Yeah. So now he has picked Brian Voltaggio and Melissa and, and him. They're probably the four, three of the four top chefs. So yes. outside of Gregory. Top top. They yeah. are the three yeah. other best contestants. And mm -hmm. Gregory has handed him mm -hmm. the best chefs. Mm -hmm. Literally mind-boggling on every level. Oh, sorry, I left the cord like that. And then he picks... Stephanie. To, to round oh, things out. Oh, I love. But pick Stephanie after Kevin picks Karen. So now four, probably four out of the top five chefs. I mean, never. Skill wise. Never have I, never do I recall this aggressive of an underdog team for Restaurant Wars. But then we realize, and I'll, I'll give you credit most. <laughs> There's great chat going on, you guys. This is, this is mostly, this, this is, is my favorite chat. Your analysis here. He Marky is a great showman. I agree with you. In front of the house. Yeah. And then he had a, a vision yeah, that, yeah. that he was not going to deviate from. And right. he wanted sous chefs. He picked he, workhorse sous chefs. He, he did not want any ego. He did not want Voltaggio trying to slip some cruise food in there. He did not want that. He didn't want Melissa in a very like, brilliant, wonderful point of view, which is totally 180 degrees from his. 
Yeah. He wanted people that were going to execute his vision. Yeah. Because, and this, this is the most brilliant part of all, which I, I feel like I'm stealing this because you no, came up no, with no, it. No, 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 what? This was a, this was just a commercial for his future restaurant. He had already thought out the menu for his restaurant. Homeboy had a plan. And now he was able to present his dishes that have been years in the making Bravo. to an audience of, I don't know, millions of people. Yeah. You, was, you count the live live and the later the delayed views. Yes. So he didn't want people ourselves. that were going to bring in their point of view and I, I, put on their little spins. He wanted to is, execute his vision perfectly. I think Greg is, Greggy, if I may call him so, is a smooth operator. I think he plays the long game. I think he is probably out of every chef, the most pissed out of every person on Top Chef ever that he didn't win. I really, truly do. I think and, he is so cerebral that he is like, I will do well this season, but when we get to Restaurant Wars, I will unleash the Kraken that is my shrewdness and my calculatingness, and now we've seen his hand. Sure, and there's also one other piece that we didn't talk about, what? which is which I'm just thinking of now, what? is the judges would have looked at that team as a huge underdog, yeah. which gives oh, you extra bonus points when you actually deliver, and perception-wise, well, you think it's even better. And on top of all of this, over-delivered. this is something we talk about, and we're kind of skipping ahead, but they went to his restaurant first. Yeah. It's like, and Dave and I will get into this. Usually the chefs will, or the judges will split and go to both like this. If you go to the second restaurant, it's bone no matter what. You're always going to wait. Everything's off the rails. Like it's, we'll talk to our guests about this. So they pick the teams. There's no restriction on the number of dishes. Perhaps there should have been. Uh, and there's freedom in where they shop. And yet they sell into Whole Foods. Winning team gets $40,000. That's awesome. That is. From a little company called Open Table. Have you heard of Open Table? I'm just going to put this on the internet now because I will just you go. first. Time. I want to just, this is my own hot take. When we get released from the prisons that are our homes, sooner rather than later, one can only pray. Do you know who's going to blow up in terms of who's a winner of this crazy situation? Open Table, Resi, most of the, anything like that because we're all going to have to make reservations to go to restaurants now. Tell your friends. Because we're all going to be able to go 25 people at a time to a restaurant. Open table stock is about to go, but chow. I don't even know if they're traded publicly, but it'll go, but chow. We used to make a reservation only for special occasions, but now we will have to make yeah. a reservation for every single time we go to the restaurant. Open table is like, I wish we saved that 40 grand plus integration fee we said spent on Top Chef because we don't even need to spend it anymore. Or they can spend it on us, market research. That's true. Help them. Dave does market research. Guys, the guest judges were those people from last time. I like Stephanie. You're not here for Kevin. Kevin, the restaurant guy. Kevin from Boca with a K. He rude. Yeah, he's very he's rude. rude. He's very full of himself. And I don't like, I don't he's like, rude. I never like the guests that are like not chefs. Like they They're fine to have sometimes. Like, yeah, but they sure. brought him in because well, it's this like he's a successful wars. restaurant. But he's like, he's a little bit douchey. He's douchebag. I said it. Guys, are we in or out regarding the challenge? We're so in. Of course we're in. We're maximally in. Uh, best pairing of this episode, like a fine wine and cheese, these chefs are meant for each other. Leanna Malarkey. Besties forever. They, they're going to have this weird, antagonistic, love-hate relationship for the rest of their lives thanks to the season of Top Chef. I feel that there was an aggressive bestie breakup with Gregory and Melissa. You know she's pissed. How was that awkward night, both of them in their bunk beds? Like, yeah, so, oh, good Ruby, luck tomorrow. Rumi's no more. Thanks. This is their blanket. Thanks. Like, well, you also have to think about it, though. They started with how many chefs? Like 16? And now they're down to eight? Eight. So now all of those roommates have their own bedrooms. Allegedly. They probably made a bunch of them sleep in the basement. And where are they keeping the people in Last Chance Kitchen? We'll get to that. I tend to think they're not really anyway. Here's the deal. 
just a couple little odds and ends before we get to the main event. Malarkey versus Kevin in the ceramic and flatware throwdown. Yikes. Where uh, Ms. Leanne was like, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. But also didn't give the plates back. That was an incredibly awkward moment. They didn't catch it quite right. So what happened, I think, is they didn't start. They weren't shooting it. And they realized something was happening and like quickly got the cameras up to shoot it. So you missed the beginning of what happened. Right. Not we you, we viewer, sure we only yeah. we only saw how they were explaining in the back right. end and we don't really we don't really know what actually happened, so we can't definitively say, but I, I will say that Kevin is so good natured. And Bless him. We're gonna get he I have so a whole nice tribute built out to him. Don't worry so about that. So warm this. that if he was coming after Leanne, who's also very nice. She's great. Uh, when she got the kid montage for a second, I was like, no, no, no. Yeah. I don't want to see any of your family because that means you're probably going home. But no, it wasn't that way. Um, best lack of headwear award goes to Brian Voltaggio, the sweat monster. But then for day two, he realized he should wear a hat. And is that best or worst? Why don't they have kitchens for these people? Why are they standing in a parking lot with like, you know, we'll ask our guest what are the names of all these They things. frequently put them in like a weird tent. Not for them. restaurant wars. No, for restaurant wars. They yeah. do? Yeah, totally. Okay. I trust you because you remember everything. Best actual headwear, Malarkey's birth, the chimney sweep, and the animated penguin sequence of Mary Poppins hat, which is what he wears when he's front of house. It's very like, da-da-da-da. Like, and then there's like a king. Somehow he thought that red Haitian. I, it's island time, guys. <laughs> uh, okay, so now we're going to bring on a guest. So we're going to get into the actual, they prepped the restaurant, the chairs, the wait staff, everything's happening. But it's like crunch time, go time. They're prepping the food. It's a shit show. Oh, we didn't really talk about who was front of house. Sorry, we did a little bit. Malarkey on Gregory's team is front of house. Gregory clearly is the executive chef. Stephanie and Leanne were courses. On the other team, on Kevin's team, obviously Kevin's the executive chef. Sure. Karen is front of house. She volunteered. Yeah, that's good. Melissa's not yeah, front she, of house. She Melissa's won not front of house. Yeah, front of the house before. She's a little bit awkward to me, Karen, but she's still... She's gregarious. And yeah, she's talked to exactly. People. She, she's just, she does exuding. is that the word? Yeah, but she exudes bitchy if you piss her off. We'll get to that little interaction with Padma, a little tete-a-tete. Um, and then I'm now forgetting the fourth person on the team. Oh, Voltaggio. So Voltaggio and, and Melissa are beasting it out in the kitchen, Kevin freaking out, and then Karen in front of the house. So we'd like to introduce a guest. His name is Micah. We're going to bring him in right now. Micah, who's a delightful human, and also, sorry ladies, he is my friend's uh, fiance. So hands off. Uh, he has managed a major Los Angeles, well, good thing he's here. He has managed a Very major close. Los Angeles restaurant. Just he managed this restaurant for general manager for 16 years, and he literally built the whole thing from the ground up. So what better person to talk to about how is, how is it even possible to, I don't know, do a restaurant in a number of days, but all of the things. Micah, welcome. Hi. It's welcome to the show. Thank you. We're just winging it over here. It's just whatever. Let's 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 just. I'm gonna. It's pepper. a little bit more than winging. We're it's our it's our eighth episode. Yeah, so I feel like we're basically at Oprah level already. You guys look great. Season three. Thank you, yeah. Micah. Talk. Riddle us this. We have eight people. These eight chefs. Many of them do own restaurants. One of them, for some insane reason, owns 22 restaurants in San Diego, which I feel like equals like three restaurants in the rest of the world. But. One of them does not own any restaurant. Oh, well, I guess two, because Gregory doesn't currently own a restaurant. I think he did. I think he owned a restaurant in Portland. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah. Obviously, they've worked at big restaurants, but this challenge, Restaurant Wars in Top Chef, is a challenge where last week they had to pitch restaurant concepts, which was really cool, actually. Make a dish from the restaurant and kind of be like, here's a mood board. Here's what I want to do. And the judges picked two winners. 
concepts. And then they each get to build out that restaurant. So there's two teams of four each, and they get to basically literally put an entire restaurant together in four days, three days, three days. Yeah. So they did it downtown in the arts district and they had a hundred diners for dinner plus six judges. Not to mention there, even within those three days, there's time restraints. There were time restraints. Like you still, they still only had four hours of prep time. So coming from someone who is very involved in the building of a restaurant, is that total? I mean, obviously there's production help, but like, is that bonkers times a hundred? Absolutely. Yeah. That's insane. Like how long did you, did it take to get the restaurant up? Uh, we were under construction for about a year and a half. Oh geez. And my how much that was just waiting for permits though. That was after the permits. That was, that was physical. Yeah. Well, really? that was half, that was after the first half of the permits, the second half of the permits. Yeah. That was the whole nother story. But and so when you get like, do you, is there an order or is every restaurant just different? Like, do you get into like, we're going to do all the creative and we're going to obviously know who the chefs and stuff are. And then we get to the menu or is it like just wild everything at once? It starts with a very succinct plan. And then that goes out the window and you just do what's next. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, so it's like production too. So same. Oh, yeah, exactly. Is the plan all based around the, the original concept for the food and the menu? My experience is yes. Um, but it really just, every restaurant's different. I mean, you know, my, the restaurant that I worked for was very chef driven, very food forward um, and, you know, kind of built everything back around kind of the antithesis of that, basically. So you had like the front of house, which was very, you know, modern, um, welcoming. And then you had a back of house, which was like fire the food, get it out. Interesting. Well, that's, I think what always happens in this is not only are there four chefs, one of the chefs has to be front of house. So that's always like in, you know, this is the seventh season of the show. Usually that's the person that goes home because usually they sort of take, it's either they, them or the executive chef. They take which the blame for when things unravel. They're each supposed to have a dish, but front of house is also training the wait staff, setting up the restaurant, da da da. And inevitably they either do like a dish that's like, is it bread? You just did bread. Or they do a dish where someone else has to fix it or finish it for them, which then becomes the shit show of that. And then on top of everything with the three-day timeline, like they're going to like florists and meat markets and the bakery and the flatware place and the whatever. Obviously, again, it's like eating. They met by with health. the suspender guy. They they designed their the, their aprons to get the right color suspender. But let me just let us just tell you what the concept of these two restaurants were too, just because like I want to get your take on like if these were the two restaurants and you were just in a vacuum. One is the executive chef is from Haiti, so it's a very not casual, but it's not fine dining. It's Haitian food, slightly modernized in a way. Yeah, I mean, made in an understandable way to people who don't know Haitian food. Family, just it was called Khan, which is sugar cane. It was like exactly what you think it would be, like not too fruity. No, it wasn't. He's it wasn't elevated. He, not, right. It's yeah. like it's all technique driven and like being perfect versions of of home cooked food. And I, but it's not fruity or elevated. And or I was gonna like say that. a number just so you know, like style wise, they did. They did a first course with five things, which we'll get into. They did a second course with two mains and they did a dessert, right? So this is like four chefs just, you know, working their tails off to get this done for again, like a hundred people and then six judges. And then the other restaurant was called, so that was called Khan. The other restaurant was called the Country Captain, which as we've discussed is our outfits, was he's from Atlanta or Georgia. He's from like, yeah, rural Georgia. And I guess Country Captain is a dish that's curry chicken that his grandma used to make. And it's like, he got so in his head about, my grandma used to make it, this is how she did it. And that she always served this, and they had 12 effing dishes, 12 dishes, which was bonks, and it was all family style. So I think something that they noticed, and we can talk about this in a second, is like, 
people weren't leaving either. So they couldn't turn tables over, which I think is, he's open restaurants, but probably like as the chef, not as the, you know, person behind everything. Okay. They just were in the weeds big time. And a quick reminder is that he won, he got the right to open his concept based on the execution of this chicken. chicken, chicken it's like a chicken curry. Dish. Which, and then given the time restraints of opening the restaurant right. and preparing it, he was not able to make that dish nearly as good as he did for the judges when they selected his concept in the first place. Right. So like, what do you think it's like if you obviously are in this crazy truncated situation, they literally pull in a wait staff and front of house is supposed to train the wait staff as they're finishing making the food for the first time. Well, I guess what goes into that, like when you're training wait staff and all that kind of stuff, obviously you have many days, but if you had what an hour, what to you is the most important for them to know? Cause I want to know what you think and I'll tell you what actually happened. Personalities and egos need to be put aside. That's number one. And you know, you're focusing on the food first and foremost. So you need to know the food, obviously. You know, yeah, you, you have to be familiar enough with the food, but you also have to be familiar enough with your job description. So if, if you're the lead server, if you're the head waiter, or even if you're the major D, you need to be the person, trickle down effect, just to be able to walk people through the process, get them in, get them out, tell them what their priorities are, especially when it comes to, it sounds like both of these are kind of aiming towards fast casual, semi yeah. Um and it really just comes down to you're juggling personalities left and right. And so if there's personalities in the forefront, in the front of house, right, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. Well, there's personalities in the front of house, I would say. Here, here's what went down. One of the restaurants, you could see them having the waitstaff taste everything. One of the restaurants never even had them taste anything. So they, they, just, they just ran out of time. They were, it, was, it was a shit show from the beginning. And then can you talk to us, what is an expediter? What does that even mean? What do they do? And are they chefs? No. Yes? No, an, an expediter is basically, I mean, it's a, essentially a sous chef. They're, they're making sure things come out on time. They're getting the food out to the front of house. They're basically, your expo is your go-between between the back house and the front of house. So anything that needs to change on the fly, they're communicating with the chef. Anything that needs to change in the front of house, if tables aren't turning over fast enough, mm -hmm. that's your guy. That's so I, I feel like if you had four chefs, one of them is, you know, the front of house, and that means you have three chefs back there cooking. One of them shouldn't be the expediter or should. Can. Yes. Can. Yeah. Most, most restaurants use an expo as, as the third wheel basically in the, in the will they normally be cooking at all or no? Sometimes. Sometimes it, it really depends on the caliber of the restaurant and how quick their turnover is. So that was definitely the problem for said country sure. captain people. They had literally like people just probably 50 plus people standing in the little waiting room waiting too. Cause it was if like, you're, if you're that type of person that really feeds off of the energy, like, like I was like some friends of mine were, that's the, that's the position you want to have during the busy, busy times at the restaurant. Is the well, so it is about personality. I'm grabbing a cord. Yeah. Tell and they, what they changed, they had to change the expediter midway through service. She was literally verbally so using the weights. She was yelling at them because she, they didn't understand like, the, like the ticketing system. Like someone circled tickets and she was yelling at them. That they had implemented 10 minutes earlier and it, it wasn't being communicated properly. Have you ever had to change the expediter? In the, I guess you can't, right? It would be very, very I mean, unusual. You, you, can, you can change it the same way you can change anybody else. So if you're in the middle of dinner service, it's probably not recommended. But there, are times, but there are times where you have to just jump in and, and do it yourself. 
So about personalities, do you feel like front of house and you've worked all of the jobs, right? Like you've literally. Everything except for chess. Yeah. So, so all, the, all, of the, all of the jobs that are good. Like front of house, how, okay. So like, this is a show where front of house is also one of the chefs, but they're supposed to just basically keep the facade that everything is fine. And I feel like, do you feel like when you meet people, you know if they'd be good front of house right away or not? Usually, yeah. Right? Yeah. You just tell. Well, I feel like they're both good, but. Yeah, but at your restaurant, you were probably not hiring newbies for front of house. They probably had quite a bit of experience. Ideally, no restaurants hiring newbies. I mean, you have to have a certain amount of restaurant experience, a certain amount of front of house experience. Where you get placed in those roles. So you have to do the waiter and you have to do the host or hostess role before you can really run everything. Yeah, basically. And there's no world where a restaurant that literally got put together in three days is going to have a smooth first night, no matter how you oh, got no, it. No way, no way now. <laughs> I mean, I that, mean, that is the game. That's, that's they, the game. It's designed that so way. It's basically and then like, they roll it, get so mad when they mess something up. That's what it's I was like, going to say. On. So basically the chefs come into the first restaurant, the judges come into the first restaurant and they're sitting for 55 minutes and have only had appetizers. Ouch. Pissed, like yeah. pissed. But then they go next door and they have to wait. I mean, not at all, but like they, well, the next door was boned anyway. Right. They come into an area, they come into a restaurant where it was all family style. None right. of the tables had turned over right. within the hour and a half that they were supposed to. And there was a wait of like 50 or 60 people. It's like almost inevitable every season. Mm -hmm. People don't get their food. They have to give all the people that are waiting free glasses of wine. Not that right. they're paying for the meals anyway. But pretend that that's the scenario they're in. And the judges just are just, they take they're it just, so they don't personally. How they could they, do this. Yeah. First, first night of service, you're going to have fires pop up. It's just, it's inevitable. The goal is to put them out as quickly as possible and identify them in order that they're happening in real time so that the next round of service, you can get that much better and put them all out. So I guess that's the question. I think the team that won truly had an executive chef who had been thinking about this restaurant, concepting it out, knew exactly what the food was forever. I mean, right? And, and then the other guy who lost, he just was like, well, grandma like this. It helped them get prepared though. There was no questions about what was going on in the service because they didn't bite off more than they can chew. Right. Everyone had like very clear, defined yeah. roles yeah. in the kitchen which meant that they were able to, you know, expedite service yeah. and be able to do that well, which meant that the front of house could actually do their job. That's true. And so it's just everything it ran smoothly because it all started from the top of having a very clear vision that they were able to execute. Yeah. Kevin's vision, they couldn't execute because they did 12 dishes. It was a hot mess. <laughs> just hearing what the food was, which one would you feel more like you'd want to go to? Country captain. I'd rather taste the food at Country Captain, to be honest with you. I mean, this, see, that's why I loved Kevin. It was kind of good. So, like, I and I'll give you the quick rundown because we need to talk about what the food was anyway. Yeah. So, he did canapes, which doesn't really make sense for Southern, but it was Dungeness crab salad with egg yolk pudding, a smoked trout puff with caviar, chicken liver mousse with persimmon. I miss that on brioche. And they were just like all on one plate, like just oh, wow. three little. And the judges sort of shredded it because they're like, everything was the same consistency. Right. Yeah, and then. True. His country captain chickens is the main course was just like everything. It's chicken thighs with curry, currants, and almonds. Weird. And then chicken breast cut up on top of that. I don't eat meat, so I don't understand what that means. Yellow rice, cream corn with shrimp that was actually like grits. Dilly beans, which are dill field beans. Beef tallow fried potatoes with raclette, yum. Madeira glazed mushrooms, sweet and spicy red pepper relish, and cucumber pickles with Vidalia onions. So like yeah. it made sense. Totally. Right? Yeah, that sounds it delicious. 
delicious. Yeah, they just spit up more than they can chew. Uh, and the oh, and the dessert. Warm banana pudding with toasted meringue. Sounds good. It was like a like a personal pie with a big meringue, but the judges just shredded it. Looks great. It looks it sounded great. great. They got shredded. They hated it. Uh, Khan gave you a salad with peanuts, avocado, crispy peas, and habanero lime dressing, which is like my yeah. salt cod patties. Which the judges lost their mind for. They lost their mind. They actually looked like empanadas. Yeah, they did. Um, spicy vegetable pickle called pick pickles, fried green plantains, delicious. Nice. And then crispy twice cooked pork. Pork that was all starters. So they did have a lot of starters, but then they really like narrowed this down. This was family style, also though. So they all yeah. had a plate with everything too. Yeah. And then their main courses were chicken thighs with smoked peppers, rice, and kidney bean sauce, which everyone lost their minds about the sauce. Oh. Roasted red pepper. Sorry, roasted red snapper marinated in scotch bonnets. Hello, cilantro with Caribbean root vegetables. And everyone lost their minds. They said the fish was insane. And then the dessert was rum raisin homemade ice cream with pineapple upside down cake. So it's like, that was very clear. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're both clear. The they both had a very clear. clear vision. They just, Gregory's was, it was executable. They, yes. If that's a word. They got, yeah. I think, I think that he didn't think about the concept of people just hanging out and turning over a hundred people. Cause I think they could probably see maybe 50 so they had two services yeah. how many services a night would you have like on the regular uh busy nights we would do four to five slow oh. nights yeah slow is nights there, is there a way to rush someone off their table cross between mr rogers and used car salesman yes <laughs> like i'm just trying to understand the answer to that question so i know how many times I've oh been that's exactly what i was saying like what is it the, is it the repeated dessert ask or um can I get you another drink? Is there, there's plenty of room at the bar. There's, you know, things. Mm, plenty of room at the bar, roofs too. We haven't been, we haven't I feel like we've gotten gotten other drinks. I also, we also have gotten the like, and this is just coming from being parents, but you'll be here and you will know this. <laughs> They're really rude about the kids until the very end when it's for the first time they try to talk to them. And I'm like, you know, we know you're just started to talk to her. She's been here the whole time. No, that's just me. That's just me. Uh, I feel like I had another question for him and I don't remember. What do you, do you have any other questions about the structure of this and the insanity of trying to do this? And they're saying 48 hours was three days, but. Yeah, I mean, they had 48 hours. They, I don't know. Do you, think, do you feel like you could walk into a restaurant, especially like, these are like two pop-ups, right? So they're pop-up restaurants. Do you feel like you could walk in and get a vibe? Do you feel like the vibe is usually right in terms of how the flow is going, both front and back of house? Oh yeah, totally. I, I don't usually go to restaurants very often anymore for that reason. Really? Yeah. Because you're, it's like why I, when I watch TV, I'm like, oh. <laughs> Bingo. 16 years in the restaurant business. You can, you can tell who's stressing out. You can tell who's not having a good day. It's, you, you can also tell who's just, you know, winging it and shooting from the hip. And it's just, it's not. The food doesn't trump that, though? What was that? The food doesn't trump that. Like, if you're just going to the restaurant as a customer, you can't. It's, it, it, yeah, it It will. It will. If it's a family style restaurant or if it's something that like you have to go there, you have to try this dish, that kind of thing. Or if I'm, you know, friends with the people that work there, then that's another story. That's right. But it's just a Friday night neighborhood spot. Then yeah. Where is somewhere, where is somewhere that you do enjoy going that you like, feel like you go repeatedly that you like, or like this, especially as someone in the business. I'm just curious. Family restaurants, uh, there's a couple of spots that my fiance and I like to go to. Carousel is one of them. Um, mm -hmm. There's a really good Indian restaurant down the street that we go to uh, quite a bit called Gungadin. 
um, family well, restaurant. Say, sorry, the Duchess of the Valley. When yes, you, as you're talking about like legitimately yeah. run by family members as opposed to like family style restaurants, just to be clear. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, so that's interesting. So then you're saying that there is a a better infrastructure built from a family running a restaurant together. There's there's passion, there's heart. Huh. Well, that's like the Jonathan Gold episode. So if you gander back a couple episodes, they did a tribute to Jonathan Gold uh, for the second episode of the season because the season obviously is all in LA. And it was awesome because it was like, they went to the restaurants like Jitlada and whatever, but it was like the restaurants that he literally changed these people's lives. And a lot of the ones where the women working there or the people working there had been the most affected were family restaurants. That's very right. interesting. Most yeah, of them, yeah. The, they were, right? Generational. The restaurant that I worked at, we, we were really, you know, we were really fortunate to have the owner's uh, aunt actually open up the restaurant um, from day one. She was our head chef behind the uh, line. Cool. Uh, so yeah, that's that's something when when you can bring that sort of passion to the front line, and that really does translate to the food. It just does. That's you can insane. argue with. It. Right. So it totally makes can, sense. You taste the love. Yeah, you can. You, you can. literally can, and you can tell when something's not working. Or if it's just like you know, paint by numbers, like you can taste that too. Like it's good, it's yeah. solid, but yeah. it's missing something that yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, and if you're making a copy of a copy of a copy, it just it loses. Always, it always gets lost yeah, along just the way. Gets lost along we we were just a, a quick aside. We were literally at a restaurant when I think didn't the cook quit in the middle of it? That weird restaurant or red We yes, that did happen. That's we were funny. like, where where's the food? And they're like, well, he left, and we're like, wait, what now? And they literally brought on like a new chef in the middle of service. It was amazing. I think it was yes the expediter, <laughs> who seems to be a chef. Micah, thank you for your intel. Thank you for your expertise. And also, you need to take us to some of these family restaurants, please. Totally. Done. Fine. Certainly <laughs> certainly when things open up. And then that'll be around the time that you have a baby. I was going to say. So it'll be about six we're gonna, months We're going to come over and hold your baby so you guys can go on a walk around the block and just like like yeah. get, your, get your jollies because we get it. We get it. We're here for you. <laughs> thank you for joining Thanks us. So much. Really thank appreciate you. your, your brains and your expertise. And tell, your, tell the Duchess she was missed. Sorely missed. The Duchess thinks your skin tone looks awesome on this camera. Thank you. I bought a ring light. Yeah, don't worry about Thank it. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for the internet. Uh, love you both. See you soon. Love you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Okay, so we, we got sort of into the food. We talked about the dishes. We went through most of the dishes. I do want to talk about in the in the show that is, you know, both a show about food, but also a show about the human drama that is people working together. I'd like to talk about really quick. Uh, things people got mad about Gregory being rushed hilarious do not rush the perfectionism <laughs> the fish that is, is cooking they will wait I'm not gonna go home for raw fish that was the only time he's ever like gone above a five which was I was here for to that. a 5.5 5. no it's about a six when Kevin Bohm asked Gregory what are you just back there goofing off flames <laughs> he was I was cooking my fish that I'm not going home for because I served it raw it's highly rude uh, Padma ribbing him for no oxtail. They were pissed about the oxtail, but then I guess what? They loved him. They loved it was him. also full circle because they ended up hating the dish that Kevin had used to win his concept. He didn't deliver. That's true. That's they a very didn't good point. They that, but that was, that was they, silly. They were mad. They were very mad. They were there for 55 minutes and they didn't, and they only had the apps. Um, and then, yeah, they said, they said the nicest compliment that I've ever heard anyone say in restaurant was, which was, this feels like a restaurant. Yeah. You, a lot of times they said won. they would come back and they, they said the same thing about this one. Yeah. But totally. They said that this feels like a restaurant, which is like, he, he did this in three days. And look, guys like, but it wasn't three days because he'd been, and also well, I will exactly. give Malarkey the, the, the thumbs up of he's great in front of house. He's so cheesy, 
but, but it's but infectious. It was his attitude, even from the very beginning, at taking on the job. Correct. It totally worked. And Karen's well, attitude was, was so I guess I should do it. I he guess was so I comfortable do. in that role. And he yeah, is, his personality person. yeah. is like, even though he's a bit of a, That's how he has 22 he's persons. just infectious like, in that role. Like I can, like watching the show, I view him differently than a customer in a restaurant mm-hmm. when he's front of house. Mm-hmm. Like that would totally work for me. Um, when we went to Country Captain, oh, sorry, I gave them each names. It was Khan, AKA the underdogs or country captain, AKA 12 dishes or nine too many. Because the whole concept was wrong. We talked about this. Um, Tom was not into the canapes at all. They were struggling with the timing. There was too many things. They, Tom and Gail did not like the Miami Vice font. No, they hated it and they weren't wrong. The font is cool, but then it's just not for what you're doing. Remember that pizza place that we used to go to in Brooklyn that we went to once, it was like very 80s pizza place. That can have that font. It was like a hipster lower east side. Anyway. Chicken sauce was not as good as the first time. We're not blaming it on the curry powder. No, and nor did we try to. That would have been dying on the sword. Tom hated the mushrooms. Yeah. Yikes. And I will say this. Tom is a master of mushrooms. Is he? Yeah. His, really? His hen of the woods mushrooms at, at Kraft before it closed was one of the best things I've ever had. Huh. They're so delicious. Did I have that? No. Upland has those amazing giant oyster mushrooms. Um, also, I really am enjoying the commenting that we're getting today. Malarkey. Oh, uh, it was pointed out that Karen had rough times at front of house and she did spill wine. That was not good. And she dropped food off the plate. I missed that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I do agree that the banana dessert looked heavy. It, did, it was almost too big of a portion for a person. That type of food tends to be very heavy. Yeah. But they did it a little bit Lemon more of a refined way. So yeah. that meal wasn't quite as heavy. We so. couldn't also, we, I don't think, we never got to see what was underneath the meringue. Yeah, we saw him putting in those mean? burnt bananas and him commenting if you if you ever saw what these look like no one would ever eat this so they don't get what's in there is there, is there crust in there like what's going on no, i'm sure there's no way was it caramelized or butterscotch also the biggest thing to me kevin didn't come out kevin that's when you knew he knew he didn't well, come yeah. out and say hi to the judges gregory's like i made a fish yeah on on that's that dessert rough. which was which was basically his dessert too uh, he knew he knew he was hiding and he the sickest changed. yeah the sickest of sick burns from Tom. I guess it's one of those things where if you grow up with it, you love it. Which I could totally relate to because like I said, I didn't come from a family of chefs or cooks. So I knew that there were things that I was eating that like I enjoyed, but other people wouldn't. In this week's I got that. whiskiest move segment, uh, I believe it to be making a 12 dish menu for 100 diners and a judge during restaurant wars of Top Chef, All Stars, season 17. It's just so unnecessary. There's a few acts of war I'd like to talk about really quickly. Not letting your staff taste the food expediting in a bad way yelling at the people who are not expediting correctly uh the open table plugs that was an act of war padma lakshmi has never used open table i promise you in her entire life i can i can also assure you she has never made a reservation for I, i've had a reservation for six i made it on open tablet where's my table i have a computer and i used it to make the reservation i pressed the button myself and sent uh, taking oxtail off the menu, act of war. Gregory making it the Gregory show, or was that brilliance we've discussed? And the Karen spilling wine. Um, Melissa's talking head interview was literally like she survived a war. It was, she was like, oh, first we, we saw the enemy lines and then we set up camp and I started peeling the potatoes. Literally, that was literally <laughs> what she, she was. Talk about throwing her into not using her well. We're gonna blow through Although real quick. Although those potatoes sound delicious. 
I wanted to eat them without the fat part. I want more fat. Guys, we're going to talk about, we've already talked about, but we want to get to our last trans kitchen correspondence here coming on in one second. We want to talk about, obviously, who won. Well, we know who won. Basically, we said it. Gregory and team. And 40 Gs. Thank you, Open Tablet. I want to go back very, very quickly to yes, the yes. acts of war before we move on to oh, our top chef respondents. The number one act of war was after she greeted Karen. Oh, Papa, she they turned around and dropped her, her fake smile. Because Karen did such a look of disdain on her face that she even had to talk to her. It pained her that she even had to be talking to this contestant that she does not like at all. She doesn't it like was, Karen. It was horrifying. She she doesn't like Karen. I agree with you. That was an act of war. It was aggressive. Yeah. So Khan, the the Khan kids won 10 G each and free open table. Congrats. For, yeah. Which, Stephanie's like, what the fuck? I don't have a restaurant. Which for Milwaukee, who has 22 restaurants, that probably cost quite a lot he over the course sell. of the year. That could have been more, I, I don't know the numbers, but that could have been worth so hundreds that, of thousands of dollars. That's true. We always do who's the winner, who's the real winner. Open table, it's real winner. And Malarkey, because again, oh, if you yeah. pay 10 grand a year to, to integrate open table, you just save a quarter of a million dollars. Um, who are the losers? Country captain. Country. Uh, Kevin, our boy Kevin. Kevin is not the real loser though, because he's a stand-up guy. It, he said, well, the monologue in my head said, and I think that was exactly the problem. It should have been a dialogue. Like that was literally his problem. He was two in his head. They didn't like the chicken. They hated the mushrooms. Yikes. It was about to be Karen versus Melissa, Melissa mushroom gate for a second. Got tense. It didn't matter because they had they lost on so he, many other points that but it he would, could it have thrown matter. Karen for a front of house and bad mushrooms I think he, he really, could have yeah but it, it didn't matter because there were so many things that caused him to lose that that wasn't the deciding factor he's Kevin is a good man he's a good man and because of that and because of hang on I have to mute something this is very important that you all hear this because of that we would like to bring on our last chance kitchen correspondence as we talk about Kevin's transition to last chance kitchen and I think that this is the only fitting way to Welcome the man who has gone down with his ship, Kevin. Kevin likes people going down with their ship. He likes, so he did. Hello, friends. Welcome. Welcome back. Guys, we thought there wasn't going to be Top Chef Last Chance Kitchen because it seemed like they were Dunzo McGillicuddy. Sorry, everyone, Noelia and Mark. Mark and Noelia, Last Chance Kitchen official correspondents. What is on tap tonight? Um, I did have a margarita shout out to Casa Vega and Sherman Oaks. Mm -hmm. I went and purchased a half gallon of margaritas last Friday. Brilliant. And I had a constant promo. Still drinking today. Half gallon of a half gallon left over today. So, And I'd like to shout out to the Johns on Vermont. Where they no. stock a nice selection of no. Eastern European beer. Yeah, I refuse to believe you sallied your way into a John's. Oh. John's was Vons, and they sold the Ukrainian lager. So Look how cool this bottle is, though. Change the V. Check it out. This is real. You guys, nice. this is Dave. This is does does Mark even know that John's was Vons? Is this LA football? Yeah, I know that. I don't think I knew that. Guys, John's was Vons, and then they sold to another chain, and they're like, "Well, switch out one letter. You don't have to pay We're for a whole sign." Oh, I didn't know anything about the, the fraught history of uh, Vons slash Jones. It's tough times with the J to the V. V to the oh, J. It's a big transition. Guys, there's a lot going on. Um, really quick hot take, and I know we're going to run out of time pretty soon. If you want to give us like your, your very hot take on Restaurant Wars and the smallest, you didn't know I was going to say this to you, the smallest little, what's your cliff notes on how Restaurant Wars went? Did you expect what went down? 
No, I don't think anybody did. Um, I was saying just recently to Mark that I think that maybe malarkey is getting an edit that is not totally uh, fair because the fact that Gregory chose him first and he seems to be, no one is really commenting on how annoying and awful he is except for like the viewers. So I think that maybe he's actually uh, more competent and not as annoying as he seems. This weeks. has been Dave's bag this whole time. Yeah, I'm really? on the malarkey bandwagon because I think oh, he gets a- Oh, I don't even on the bandwagon. I'm sort of back and forth, but still. What yeah. about his murder list? Hashtag free malarkey. Because uh, this guy is clearly capable. And I badmouthed him a couple of weeks ago. But uh, I don't think he's not an annoying guy. I just yeah, think thanks. he's got something to offer. He was great at front of house. He yeah. was great at that. Yeah. Looking at the menus without anything else, which restaurant would you eat at? Oh, Gregory's, no question. I know. Yeah. 100%. I was saying that out of all the dishes I've even seen this season, I want to eat that salt cod patty more than like anything. Also like, saying, and also that dessert. I'm here for that. I wanted to eat it, wanted to want to eat at Kevin's restaurant the most because that right. would be the food that I would normally Stands want to eat. Kevin hard. But based on the performance, then I, I want to eat at Gregory's restaurant. So do you think it was fair that Kevin went home? And by home, I mean two Last Chance Kitchen, which is your domain. Yes. As, as the episode was progressing, I thought Karen had punched her ticket to oh, yeah. the kitchen, uh, but Kevin's again. Yeah, the, the failure of his concept it landed him there, uh, and it was it left her in a position where she could not succeed. Oh, yeah. and so right. she she failed accordingly, but through no yeah. fault of her own. And so front of the house tends to sometimes is the one that you know takes the hit. And totally, it didn't happen. I was surprised. I was surprised too, and it was because I think he's a stand-up guy. So then you bring this nice stand-up Titanic captain to Last Chance Kitchen with the fire to deal with Nini. My major, major question is, why is only Eric sitting in the peanut gallery? Why do they send everyone else home? Where is everyone else? Phase one yeah. of Last Chance Kitchen. <laughs> what? And then they wipe the slate clean, and it seems to have blown over. No, they're, they're, they're going to send him home on the first week, then we need a chance to see him throughout the course of the season. It's probably because Mustache Joe said girls, and then got yelled at by Karen. Stunning <laughs> <laughs> move. Okay, so what's walk us through this. What went down? So Kevin walks into Last Chance Kitchen, and Nini is there. And I, I think that she was a little concerned when she saw him walk in, just because... You know, he's like, like he yeah, he's he was. while his concept failed. What do you say? Shane? What do you say? She she was expecting Leanne. She's like one more week where I can skate through before I have to see like, the yeah, yeah. 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 She's like, I'm just happy to be here, you guys. Like, thank you for having me. I mean, literally, she was like mopping the floor in the background, like just I know. Yeah. It is crazy that she beat Eric, I think. I I mean, I thought he was like gonna go all the way. I think that Eric gets in his head more than people think. I think Eric yeah. is his own worst enemy. But he is a oh, welcome wow. presence. I mean, he's just so handsome and so cool. Like, I just I love him. He's handsome. I oh, love that. Eric. Go on, Noelia. Tell me. I mean, he's dreaming. <laughs> I mean, he's okay. It's like, <laughs> I think he's above average, but I don't think yeah. it's amazing. It's all right. He's the Aegis Elba of the season. Go You're on. into that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Um, yeah, so Kevin she was thrown. What's that? She was thrown when Kevin walked in. Yeah. And Tom tells them that, I mean, he, I like that he made Kevin like briefly relive his failure. He was like, so uh, 
yeah, uh, what happened, bro? And he <laughs> like, put his nose in it like a dog who did a doo-doo on the road. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought that was funny. And he says, <laughs> well, you guys are going to make um, the challenges to create a traditional home-cooked meal from your childhood or from your family or your heritage, whatever it is, which I feel like is like super open-ended and can yeah. be- You can do anything you want. Basically. Kind of whatever you want and just say yeah. what your grandma yeah. used to make. Point of view, you're jazzy. Well, even yeah. Kevin said, he's like, when I heard that, I was like, yes. I'm like, ooh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, this is mine for the taking. He's like, I can't wait to tell everyone how much I'm from the mountains. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, okay. just my, here's my inside baseball annoyance. We, as the viewer, don't need to hear that story three times. We need to hear that story one time. This is a 12-minute yeah. episode. You could have shaved three minutes out. Yeah. That's you know, probably a shaving minute. Yeah, out. they were too busy, uh, you know, painting the black mark on uh, malarkey. For reals. Right. And they could have cut down uh, Kevin's... Uh, Ugh. And also, he's just... I, I, I think he's really good. I just... I don't think he's great TV. And I know it's not. not the most important thing in Top Chef. No, but it's the eyes. Yeah, it's just like kind of smooth. The eyes are... The garage doors are down on the eyes. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but they are. Like, you know that as a producer, like, you're like, you will give me things and you will not. He's done. Right. Like, he's not into it. I might not, get typecast that into, way, too. I don't know. You don't have dead eyes. But I might get typecast. Think of all the shows that I put you in. Not with that bolero that you're wearing, sir. A country captain. Country I captain. love it. It's really working. Um, did you, I, I think that Nini did not win because, not just because of Kevin, but because she went a little left of center of what she would have normally done. I don't know why she didn't raise it. It was a time. They asked, yeah, they, they, time. they, oh, she might, yeah, yeah. I mean, she, should, she did fried chicken and then Tom's like, like hours and hours. Well, she, she was like, I'm going to make this New Orleans-y and fry sure. it, which is the only, so it's like, that's, that's your take is just by frying it makes it New Orleans-y. I don't know. I mean, it sounded, I would eat it. It sounded tasty, but yeah. Tom was like, it should have been braised. But I think that take is right. You don't you don't have time to really braise something in 30 minutes. Right. And, and get it to taste how you want it. To or taste. is it is it Vesselgate and she shoved it all in too small of a bowl because he was pissed about that? I thought that was so funny. I was like, oh, the criticism of the of the bowl of the, the vessel. vessel. You have to think about all these things. I know. She yeah. messed up on the vessel. Sorry, I said fuck twice then. I mean, yeah, Kevin, you know, knocked it out of the park with the trout in the back fat cooked corn. Like that sounded I, mean, I will say my critique of that because I was mostly mad that I couldn't eat that because I want to eat that and then they, she put like all the dead animal stuff in it on top of the trout that I was like why do this is it seemed too soft but then they did talk about some crispy skin no I said it, it was probably too no you often serve yeah I agree like Nini's had like the pickled cabbage yeah you know I think to me the more inviting dish was Nini's like I would yeah. like to you know I like the vessel I you like your vessel yeah, and a wider a wider bowl. So that's I'm surprised by like Kevin's more polished presentation as well. I thought it was going to be yeah. a more down home country. Well, he's yeah. pissed. So that. So yeah. so what do you think about the timing? So this is episode eight, and then I think Tom said to him when he won, "You have one more episode of Last Chance Kitchen to get through, and then it's the finals of what of Last Chance Kitchen or of the show." It must well, be Last Chance Kitchen because there's still seven people left in the show. So. They don't want to bring him back too late because it's like you don't deserve right. to come in when there's only three people left. But so you done still that. lost. Well, I know. It's more gimmicky the later they bring the winner of Last Chance Kitchen back, and it and it doesn't feel it, 
And it feels more like there's more at stake if they have to come back in two episodes. And then yeah, really- That's fair if you bring, let someone, you know, come right back in at the end, whereas he'll still have to battle several chefs in order to truly show that right. he deserves to be top chef right. if he gets there. Okay. I think so Kevin's going to sneak his way all the way back in. Yeah. I really do. He'll be, you, that's, he'll that was what I was about to ask. Is like, okay, so next week you're going to probably, well, not that I have any knowledge, but after eating next week's food, Mm. it's not good <laughs> there but it makes sense oh, i didn't know i got the chefs the week after restaurant wars this actually makes so much more sense now they were, they were fried burnt they were and also they were in like a camp that wasn't like we'll get into this next week but all like, right summer camp yeah yeah it was like probably not the great the greatest like cooking environment with like the weird industrial like cafeteria type things but like mm-hmm. truly the food was not good like and now like getting into the season and seeing where we're at like i get it there was burnout so i I actually truly and i don't know who goes home next week obviously but like we all now know who is in next week Mm -hmm. i can tell you there are some people where i was like this was horrible and this is great whatever Mm -hmm. so i do think it's not like a necessarily like leanne or stephanie's going out next week like weakest people because i do think there was some major f-ups from everyone next week even everyone really so Knowing that it could be anyone in Last Chance Kitchen, that makes it very interesting because I agree. Like Kevin is so strong, him versus whoever. If it's right. a weaker right. person, it's over. But if it's even if it's a better one, like who knows? Like yeah. if, what if it was like Melissa that like I know. Yeah, like any like in any given Sunday type of situation, right. Kevin could theoretically beat a Melissa, could beat a Gregory. Right. Like, he's not better than them, but he could beat them on any, just, yeah. any given dish. So so then leading into the wrap of the show, which is next week, obviously. It stars me and a bunch of my mom friends and also X throwing, which I was like sketchily loitering right by because I knew where they were filming. So I was like, it was me and Sammy. We like totally stalked them. We're like, they seem to be doing a ropes course. Let's stand underneath it. They're throwing axes. Us too. We're also throwing axes. Uh, <laughs> and then they did some weird thing where they cooked with needles, of pine needles or whatever. Um, it'll be interesting for sure. What did you think about, did you guys watch the like, and on the rest, I, first of all, I was robbed because I didn't get a whole next episode. I got a, the rest of the season yeah they clearly showed tons of interviews and yet right so like still made the cut. i wasn't i was in a shot thank you but like so when happening? do they go to italy how many people end up going to italy everyone's still in process all that information so quickly i mean they, they're just flesh yeah. chefs and- they've done that before too where they like mid-season they basically took them out of whatever location as opposed to just doing yeah, the that's true there. that's true they they so maybe after they summer play. camp they go to they just hit the road because it wasn't Brian Mataji was talking about going I don't know like it, yeah it seemed like there was a lot so yes delicious drama will be cooked up next week the guest star will be me and also 150 of my closest mom friends but really five of them who are I'm forcing to come on and You're then we can get a little we can, we can see if we can navigate a little last chance kitchen action and you know we need everyone to subscribe to the channel and I feel like you guys are invested so you guys can also do the shout outs and tell people to subscribe to our channel oh yeah have good chats or yours today on the YouTube's Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna partake in the chats more. Hope you don't mind. Oh, I love the chats. We need some questions. Right thumbs up. Um, and I feel like you guys can join with us. In, Turns out we have five thumbs. We have that five thumbs. In wishing everyone a pleasant weekend, uh, a survival of this quarantines, and that we will all be back next week. You know, in fighting shape to talk about Mom Summer Camp. That's right. Keep your head up, everyone. You guys, we can do this. Peace. Peace. Thanks for having us. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Good night.
Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.